Yeah. We're all over the place. Ah, except Pinterest. Except Pinterest. No, we are. Well, sorry. Canadian Assistive Technologies on Pinterest. I am? Well. Yeah, I created a, I created an account. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing with it yet, but it's there. I think I've pinned a few things. And I'm, I and I I'm, got a really good chicken cacciatore recipe out of it. But. Is it possible to be dispinterested? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's possible to be piss distrinted. Never if mind that you joke. Say so, yeah, don't hurt yourself there, man. This is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. That was a pretty weak banter, banter. <laughs> banter, banter. That's better. You're off your game today. <laughs> uh, my name is Rob Minot, and today I am joined by Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hola. And uh, we're going to be joined by Steve Barkley here shortly. He's running a little late. Um, Yeah. Steve late? No. I know, right? Ooh, what <laughs> uh, what's new and exciting with you? Anything? No, not really. I'm wishing for some warmer weather. Wishing summer would come, but maybe May was it. Yeah, it's been a weird, weird May. Well, people do talk about June as January, so. Well, we had April. We had we get August weather in April, and then yeah. May seemed to. May was hot. May was warm. Really? I thought May was cool. Hold no, on. No, May was the really warm, like 28 degree temperatures. No, May we had like 25 degree temperatures, 28 degree temperatures. Yeah, I guess so. I and guess you're right. No rain. It was like, I think, two millimeters of rain for the whole month or something. Right. So, yeah, beautiful month. Mm, nobody cares. We <laughs> <laughs> just blew four minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Only a small portion of our podcast listeners are actually involved in. So, so hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, what are we doing today? Today, we are talking with Brad Turner from Benetech regarding the Amerikesh Treaty. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked to Brad Turner, la was it last summer? Yeah, and I think that was more towards the whole Bookshare. I think yeah. we touched on Amerikesh, but we talked more about Bookshare. That's right. So he's going he's gonna to talk to us specifically about Marrakesh today. Yeah, and which countries have, have joined the treaty and which are coming and what it all means. Yeah. You know what I think the problem is? I think they needed a sexier name than the Marrakesh treaty. <laughs> I, think, I, know it's, I know it involves a country that, I don't know, it just doesn't stick, you know. They need something like, something cooler. Yep. Something sexier. I'll talk to him about that when he's on. Like monkey bottom books or something. Or... I like it. See, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you remember? Um, you remember we talked a little bit about uh, the Xbox adaptive controller that uh, we we're ex pretty excited about. Yep. Turns out they uh, the pre-orders have started on those things. Excellent. I saw uh, somebody tweet about. I think they want something similar to come to the PlayStation. So hopefully this is going to be a trend that starts. I would think that it's on its way. 
Um, and, you know, if they're if they weren't working on it before, they're certainly actively working on it now because they're not going to want um, Microsoft to be sort of the the only console that that does something like this. Right. Um, but according to this, the pre-orders are going to start. Wait, no, the pre-orders have started this week. Uh, yeah, you can pre-order your your official Xbox adaptive controller, ninety-nine bucks American. Well, that's uh, decent. That's that's pretty decent. So that's exciting. It is. If I had an Xbox. Yeah. True. Related to Google, I saw on Twitter. Oh, Google Home can now um, rep- um, respond to multiple requests. So you can say, okay, G, turn on the lights, turn on the coffee and play whatever, and it'll do yeah, it all. I, yeah, I did hear about that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anything that they're expanding, the, you know, the the uh, um, the digital assistance uh, is the better. Yeah, know? and the more fluent language we can use to, you know, give them requests, I think the better. Yeah, I mean, Google's just knocking out of the park, let's be honest. I think they're going to come out on top in this whole thing. I mean, they're not even updating Siri for another year. Well, and the other thing, you know, like I like my Amazon Echo, don't get me wrong, but half the time I forget which skills I've enabled. You know, unless I look at my Amazon Echo app and go, oh, right, I enabled that one so I can I can listen to my old-time radio. You know, you get more than 10 skills installed on there or enabled on there. I yeah. and I tend to forget which ones I have. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just asking it to do something, you have to remember the skill and, and how to phrase the question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh hey, are we gonna are we gonna talk about the big announcement that uh are we holding off on that? We are not saying a not word. Saying Okay. Until All right. well, when, 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 I think, when are we going to have a big announcement? I think the month leading up to it. So four weeks before the, 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 the show date. Okay. And then we could start promoting the crap out of it. I think we're safe. I think we're safe this time. I think we are too, but I just don't want to jinx it. What if our guest gets sick or something happens? I just <laughs> don't want to take the chance. Right. All right. All right. So okay. people have to stay tuned. Anticipation. You know, he could go on vacation somewhere and, and uh, not that it, it could be a she. Could be a she. That's he, right. They better not go away. We've got them booked now. Yeah. I mean, but they could go away and, and like have some sort of a, you know, a paragliding accident. <laughs> and then we'd be once again. I mean, I, whatever. Anyways, we're not going to say anything then. Fine. We, no, we have no announcements at the moment. I, all I will say, though, is I will be redeemed. Maybe. If you want yes, to find out what that means, go back and, and listen to past podcasts, and that's, mm-hmm. that's the clue you get. Okay, perfect. Okay, well, let's, uh, you know what, let's go ahead and uh, move on. Steve should be here in a minute. Uh, and let's uh, go ahead and call Brad and let's get some Marrakesh on. Woohoo, Marrakesh. Hey, it's Brad Turner. Hello, Brad Turner. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, we're just waiting for Ryan to get back to his mic here. It's, it's all good. It's... I'm sitting here with Laura Deck, who's just going to listen in. Oh, okay, perfect. Hey, Laura. Hello. Okay, we're just wait. We're just waiting for for. Stuck. Come on, Ryan. I'm stuck. I'm back. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. No, I'm not stuck. I'm here. That's right. First day back after a long weekend. 
Love it. Yeah, we had a we had a long weekend up here in Canada, so we're we're still a little bit dazed and Gro- confused, groggy. <laughs> I but wait a minute, that's the way we operate here all the time. <laughs> yeah, don't need a holiday. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's nice to nice to have you back. No, this is awesome. Thank you. I you know I I love doing these things. So I, I I'll be a weekly guest for you. <laughs> hey, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, listen. Uh, why don't we just dive right in? Um, I know we want to we want to kind of talk a lot about uh, about the Marrakesh Treaty. Um, why don't Why don't we just start out real simple? And uh, for for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with what the Marrakesh Treaty actually is, uh, can you give us a bit of an overview on what it is? Yeah, let me actually let me take a step even further back. Um, there are a number of countries that operate with a what's called a copyright exception, and, and the U.S. the U.S. is a perfect example of it. We have an amendment to copyright law called uh, the Chafee Amendment, Section 121 of the Copyright Law, for anybody who's interested, which allows certain companies to make copies of books specifically for use. Um, by people with disabilities that affect their use of print. And so that's really the, the um, foundation upon which Bookshare was created in that, in that we, um, can, we can take any book published in the U.S., we can um, scan it, make a copy of it in, into a specialized format for use um, by people who are blind, dyslexic, or have a mobility impairment that prevents their use of traditional print. Um, and so so that's the the US copyright exception. Right. Um, now that there there are a couple rules to that. One is that you have to uh, state who owns the copyright. And another one, um, you know, of course, and the copyright date, and then that this book was produced uh, specifically for, a person underneath the that copyright exception. The, um, the there there's a limitation with that, however, uh, beyond just um, the limitation that it must be people with a print disability. The limitation is that those books are only available to people within the United States. It is a U.S. copyright law, and therefore a U.S. copyright exception, which is. Um, effective only inside the United States. What do you do for someone who is outside the United States who wants one of those books? Well, Bookshare also operates with publisher permission books, which means a bunch of 870-something publishers give us books that we can distribute, um, most of them around the world. It's really based on where publishers um, give us distribution rights for those books. But 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 m- most publishers give us distribution rights uh, worldwide. Um, it's the it's the scanned books under the Chafee Amendment that we can only distribute in the U.S. Right. Well, um, the Marrakesh Treaty. Now to your question, because with that background, this will make a lot of sense. The Marrakesh Treaty says let's um, implement an international treaty that really takes the same concept as the U.S. copyright, the Chafee Amendment, uh, U.S. copyright exception, and, um, and asks countries that 
ratify the Marrakesh Treaty or agree to the terms of the Marrakesh Treaty to do two things. One, implement a copyright exception, very similar to the, Mar uh, very similar to the Chafee Amendment, so very similar to the way the U.S. operates. Any country that ratifies Marrakesh does two things, agrees to implement a copyright exception for people who have a disability affecting their use of traditionally printed material, and also allows for the import and export of those titles to other ratifying countries. So essentially what's happening now, as about 30 countries have already ratified, is a book produced in a country that has ratified, like Canada, can be exported to another country that has ratified, like France, and conversely, a book produced in France can be exported to Canada and imported by Canada. So that now opens up the size of the collection for each of the people in those ratifying countries because they can pull from books in all the other countries. Wow. Um, and and imagine now a country like, um, you know, a um, sub-Saharan African country that doesn't have a lot of resources, that doesn't have many books for um, people with disabilities, but all of a sudden when they ratify, they have access to thousands of titles, hundreds of thousands of titles that are produced by other nations that are now available to Botswana because Botswana has ratified. Right. That's that's the power of the Marrakesh Treaty. Wow. Now, can you give us an example of, of some of the, the alternate formats that we're talking about? I mean, obviously, Braille or or uh, large print would be would be included in that. Um, what what other types of alternate formats do you guys deal with? Yeah, so um, both a hard copy Braille as well as well as an electronic Braille, which works in a refreshable Braille display. Um, also a DAISY format, which is a special file format that of course allows for a synchronized um, audio and it's synchronized with highlighted text. I like to call it karaoke style reading uh, because the word highlights as it's read to you. Uh, someone with severe dyslexia can follow along with the reading because the word gets highlighted at the same time. Um, a straight audio format that can just play on an MP3 player. Um, th those are, you know, those are two or three more of the other formats. It, as as it, th those books must be again published or um, converted specifically for people with disabilities. And and so the way Bookshare operates is that we we are very stringent on our membership that way. We collect a proof of disability from every single one um, of our members. We, uh, we have a proof of disability. Um, and, and because of that, we also then can utilize an uh, EPUB format, which is a traditional publishing format, uh, which allows them to read the books in more mainstream readers. Um, so, so we operate with a number of different file formats, um, specifically for people with disabilities. Now, you, you mentioned that there's there's 30 countries currently that have that have ratified the the treaty. 
Yeah, about that, and I apologize. I should have looked up the number before this call, but it's it's thirty two something like that. Um, and then and um, there are soon to be about thirty more of the EU has ratified, and that ratification will go into effect. I believe it's October fifteenth. Um, and so there's about 30 more countries coming on. So wow. okay. shortly we'll have 35. 30, 35 have ratified. Yeah. Laura says 35 have ratified and we'll have about, you know, about 30 more when the EU uh, comes into effect. So we'll have, you know, we're, we're going to push towards 70 here, um, in the fall. Wow. Um, and yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I can't imagine what, would actually what what countries would actually sit on the fence in this? I mean, I would think that that it, it would be a no brainer for a lot of countries to 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 ratify the treaty. Uh, did you find was was the process a bit slow when when it was first you know put forth? Uh, were were countries sort of slow to slow to, to sign up? Well, <laughs> you laugh, but the U.S. hasn't ratified yet, um, wow. and and it's it's not that. We, as at the U.S. level, it's not that we don't want to ratify. It's that there are other um, items that have taken higher precedence. So it's in the works now. Um, just as a as background on the U.S. ratification, um, um, Congress asked all the stakeholders to come up with language that everybody could agree upon. And um, and that meant the publishers, the libraries, the blindness organizations, the authorized entities, which are folks like Benetech, uh, Bookshare. Um, and so it took us the better part of a year to negotiate language that everybody agreed with. Um, and now that language is in uh, Congress as we speak. And so we expect ratification sometime in the next few months. Um, you know, it takes... It takes a while for the the wheels of our of our government to turn. So, um, the the other delays, you know, delays in other countries are are you know are similar to that. But but also remember, they have to change their national law to be able to uh, accept a copyright uh, exception. So they have to implement effectively. Um, a change in their their own copyright law in order to be able to ratify this, and so that that can take some time. Uh, you know, the U.S. again has had Chafee since uh, 1994, the Chafee Amendment since 1994. So we've we have been operating this way for a long time, um, but there are other countries that just don't have the the same. Um, copyright exception and need to make changes to their national law in order to um, conform with kind of the international treaty requirements. And that's what takes some time. I don't think anybody's opposed to it. It's just that it takes time. Right. Right. It's it's not as it's not as straightforward as, as maybe it sounds to the layperson. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of bureaucracy and red tape, I'm sure. This there is. And you know, and then when you're changing copyright law the copyright stakeholders, the, you know, the content producers always, you know, they, they err on the side of caution. The, the publishers say, hang on a second, you're going to start taking my revenue stream. And the answer is, hang on. No, we're not, because it's not an audience that you typically serve anyway. And 
Let's make sure that we, as as a country, continues to promote literacy. Let's make sure we're promoting literacy for all, not just for the 90% of the people that can read or the 95% of the people that can read a traditionally printed book. Let's make sure we're, we are um, increasing the literacy level for everybody. And, um, and so it just, it, it, there's, there's always a, a negotiation within each country um, to make sure all the parties are satisfied that they're doing the right thing and, you know, won't, won't put up a big fight over it. Um, and, then, and then, of course, the, the lawmaking process in each country. So once the U.S. has ratified this, um, uh, this treaty, uh, does that mean that you guys will be able to flip the switch and have your entire uh, U.S. catalog available to, say, Canadians? So remember, there are two different types of books, um, publisher permission books, which are books that have been contributed directly from publishers, and they give us distribution rights on those books. Those distribution rights are almost always based on the distribution right of the publisher. Um, not every publisher has worldwide distribution rights. Some some content creators sell the distribution rights uh, to different publishers for different regions in the world. So, so we have um, global distribution rights for publisher-created books for about 400,000 titles. And then we have another about 100,000 titles where we have some geographic restrictions. Um, and then the books created under copyright exception number about 100,000. When the U.S. ratifies, that 100,000 will add to the 400,000 worldwide um, and be able to be distributed to any other ratifying country. So we'll have, for every ratifying country, about 500,000 titles available. Wow. And... And, and those titles will come out in the, the multiple formats that we mentioned. So, um, so we'll have 500,000 titles in four or five different formats. Um, so, you know, two, two to three million different choices of book. And so, and with every country that, that does ratify, I mean, it sounds like it, it's, it's a bit of a wave building. I mean, do you see, do you see a, a point in, you know, say five, 10 years when it's just going to be every country in the world is just, is ratified and we just have this huge, big global network of, of, uh, of accessible books? Yeah, I, I, I hope it gets there and I hope it doesn't take that long. Um, Again, you know, governmental changes and other priorities and, you know, places that are in conflict have, you know, ha have other things that they're working on. Um, but but I, I, I hope most countries in the world ratify this, you know, within the next few years. Um, and, and then, yes, we'll have a single huge global collection that that can be offered to anybody with a disability that affects their use of print anywhere in the world. Now, do you find that content producers in particular, and, and I, would, I would even argue, say, you know, content producers in, in developed countries, do you get a little bit of pushback there? Because it, it, is there a bit of this attitude where, you know, obviously there are going to be countries in the world that benefit from the Marrakesh Treaty much more than others? 
Um, do you do you find that you get pushback from from people in that sense? No, you know we we don't. Um, we've we've formed over the over the seventeen years Bookshare's been operating. We've formed really really good relationships with publishers. Um, when we first started, um, before we ever launched Bookshare, we worked with the general counsel of the American Association of Publishers and said, hey, this is what we're, would, you know, we'd like to do and we'd like to make sure that we do it uh, with you instead of against you. And, and so, you know, we've added some additional security measures that, that help publishers know that we're not just giving books away. Um, that that you know they that we can track books, we fingerprint books, we watermark books for members. We um, you know we really we really keep tabs on the books that that we lend out and the members who get them. Um, and so so we've had a great relationship with publishers uh, from the beginning. Um, and and you know I I talk with a lot of libraries around the world and they they all have good relationships with the publishers. Um, what, what we're working at Benetech, what we're working to do with publishers is actually help them start to produce books in an accessible fashion, such that, that it's, it's our born accessible initiative. If a book can be born digital, it can be born accessible. And that's really a formatting question, um, within the, within the electronic text, really within the HTML. Because an ebook is simply, you know, specially formatted HTML, and so does it have a table of contents marked as a table of contents? Does it have page numbers, chapter breaks? Is it is it properly formatted with um, with headers instead of just tabs for paragraphs? Right? There's some kind of basic stuff. Um, if publishers publish books that way, then that book is accessible to everyone. And you know what? There they are very open to working with us on that um, because even five years ago it was it was more of an afterthought but now accessibility has really come to the forefront yep. and um, and publishers are really trying to figure out how to do the right thing um, and so we're getting very little pushback on um, on that and we're getting personally no pushback from publishers on um, as as we need to scanning books underneath the um, copyright exception and making them available to people in the U.S. and you know what um, w once they're available in the U.S. or in Canada or in France or any of the developed um, industrialized countries nobody argues that they should also be available in um, in developing nations as long as they are available only to people with disabilities. Now, that kind of raises um, an interesting question um, in terms of the formatting. You know, when, when you guys take books and, and scan them in and create uh, an accessible title, do you, do you see a time when um, there are accessibility standards at sort of the ground level, like when the book is published, so that it just it, it's sort of accessible right out of the gate um, so that it makes your guys's life a lot easier is that something that needs to happen um, Did, well it's, it's something that's that's happening 
Um, you know, we we laughingly say, but but laughingly only because it's it seems so strange. But we're we're trying to put ourselves out of business, and 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 that's the born accessible initiative. Imagine if every publisher in the world published books that are already accessible, right? Then then all of a sudden the 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 person who needs an accessible title can go to you know your online bookstore and purchase a book and know that it's accessible and so i don't have to spend you know a bunch of time and money chopping and scanning books and turning them into an accessible format because they're already published that way right so um and 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 the industry is starting to see that. And and so in January, um, a new, the, the W3C, which sets all the web standards, the W3C passed um, or uh, approved EPUB 3.1, which is um, the kind of the latest version of the publishing standard for books. And as a portion of EPUB 3.1, there is a baseline specification for accessibility. Yeah. Um, and. And so, so, so it's already out there. Now, not everybody conforms to it yet, but um, we've set up a certification program that will um, help publishers understand how close to that standard they are and will help large procurement offices, states, districts, whatever it might be, understand if the books that they're purchasing are conforming to um, – to a set of standards that that provide accessibility. So it's in process already. Um, is it tomorrow? Is Bookshare out of business tomorrow? Absolutely not, right? It's It has to be every publisher who's publishing that way. Otherwise, there are books that aren't accessible, and, and so we'll still have to make those available to people with disabilities. But, um, but as the large publishers start to change, the you know the flywheel starts turning right and and all of a sudden the engine is humming and all the small publishers will find that they have to publish accessibly or people will you know that their their market's going to dry up people will right. only look for books that are accessible yeah i mean I, I, like i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of a little shocked that that it took this long to 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 get that rolling um you, when you think about it, I mean, you know, web accessibility certainly has been, you know, a huge conversation for years and years, although that might be, a, you know, something to point to, to, to that, you know, web accessibility has been a conversation for that long and we're still not universal, mm. even in, even, you know, with that. That's right. That's right. You can, you can go to m not every, but many websites and you'll still find um, big accessibility gaps. Um, and, you know, and, and there are, we actually manage a group called the Diagram Center, which um, works on accessibility uh, specifically for ebooks. But, you know what, we do a lot of web based accessibility as well. Imagine drag and drop. Um, that, that's, that's hard when you can't see the screen. Yeah. Um, what what are ways around it? And you know what? That's that's just a web thing, right? So so there's as as sites get more sophisticated, there become 
um, new challenges, uh, and and we'll see that with publishing. It, it will be in an ongoing evolution. It, it really will be. But we're we're we feel like the tide has turned, and more and more publishers are reaching out to. Uh, companies like Benetech, uh, we work with the uh, Royal National Institute for Blind People in the UK, we work with Dedicon in the Netherlands, we work with Vision Australia down in, in Australia. More and more publishers are reaching out to organizations like that to say, how do I publish in an accessible fashion? Um, and that's just music to our ears. Right. Because that, that really supports why we all come to work every day, which is to get books in the hands of people who can't otherwise read them well and it sounds like you know you got your your job safe for at least a you know a few more weeks Forever. i would say yeah. <laughs> you guys can yeah. come in tomorrow fair enough uh w- tell us a little bit about where where the marrakesh treaty currently is at the moment and if there's anything developing say in the near future so um, it ha- it took about five years to get it implemented at the international level, um, and then it, it, they needed 20 countries to ratify it, and that happened in, uh, I want to say, September of last year. Um, the 20th country ratified, and that was Canada, actually. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then there are, you know, maybe two to three countries a month that ratify it. And so that, that list continues to grow. Um, as Laura mentioned, there's about about 35 that have ratified currently. We're gonna get all of the uh, European Union here in the next you know, three, four months. Um, so that number's gonna double. Um, and, and, and we'll continue to see more and more countries um, ratify. So um, it's, it is, it's rolling, right? And um, and there are, you know, some some of the, the large industrialized nations have ratified, which really help the smaller developing nations. Um, uh, France, um, you know, all of again, all of the EU is going to going to ratify. You know, going to be enacted uh, here in October. Canada's already ratified. Um, uh, India has ratified, uh, so so you know, Australia has ratified. So a number of the what I'll call net book exporters, those who have large collections, um, have ratified. And then, for example, almost every country in South America has ratified. And and boy, to be able to share a collection with a country in South America that doesn't have the means to have you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of books available. Boy, that that's that's where the power of the Marrakesh Treaty really comes in. Is yeah. now we can help people in a developing nation, which which you know almost by definition are somewhat underserved, and then you take an underserved portion of that population um, and and help them gain knowledge, which you know makes them much more productive, contributing members of society as well. As, of course, provides you know, personal improvement and personal pleasure. I can now, boy, now I can read a book. So um, things that that a lot of us take for granted, um, some people will, you know, have waited their whole lives to be able to do. And this treaty opens opens up 
some huge opportunities. So is there a main portal that people people would use to find which books are accessible from these other regions that have ratified? Uh, fantastic question. So, um, I, I always love it there, when a question makes a guest giggle nervously. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, you know, so I, so I have to dance just a little bit here. There are really a couple of different places. Um, if you if you're in Botswana and go to your your local library and say, "Hey, I want to see all the accessible books," that's a that's a big challenge for the that Botswanan librarian. Sure. Um, you, right? They they where do they go? And and so that's that's why your question is such a good one. There's a couple of different services. Um, the World Intellectual Property Organization, who was a big, big proponent of um, the Marrakesh Treaty in the first place, WIPO has set up a, a service called the Accessible Book Consortium. And it's a, it's a consortium of a number of different libraries on, um, that, that, that are all from ratifying countries that have contributed titles um, for distribution to other countries. It's, it's a, a little <laughs> bit um, rough around the edges. It's much more of a librarian to librarian transfer. So you're still asking that um, print disabled person, that, that blind person, that person with severe dyslexia, that person who has a mobility impairment that, are, um, uh, that won't let them hold or turn the pages of a book. You're asking them to go into the library, request books from their librarian who then looks at a list and tries to request it from a different librarian in a different country to see if they can have access to that book hmm. and then see if that book has rights clearance already. Um, and so um, if the book has been specifically produced in that, in that uh, second country, um, then of course it has rights clearance under Marrakesh, but if it's there because a publisher has g given privilege um, uh, permission for that book to be in that country, you have to contact the publisher, right? So, so it it can take months to get a book through the ABC Book Service. Um, that being said, you know there's a number of libraries who have signed up because that's the only way um, a lot of these people know that that there are uh, books available. Bookshare is despite us not being in a ratifying country yet, um, you know, we have members in 82 different countries, 83 different countries, all active now. Um, we have 400,000 titles available worldwide. Some countries have more than that, again, based on publisher permission. Um, and then when the U.S. ratifies Marrakesh, we will add another 100,000 titles um, worldwide. The Bookshare operates a direct consumer service. You can log in the Bookshare from any in the anywhere in the world, and as long as you have a proof of disability or work with a partner that collects that proof of disability, um, you can download a title. So, you, so you're not going into your library and asking to see what's available. You log in, you look at the, at the collection, and you say, I want that book. We also are working with a number of other libraries, um, notably the the Center for Equitable Library Access up there in Canada. Um, CELA has a 
65,000 book collection. Um, maybe it's a, even a little bit larger than that, 75,000 books. Um, that that working with Bookshare, we we will start to manage their collection for them. So that that, that has a couple of benefits. Number one, um, the the folks at Sela can spend a little bit less building the same technology that that we've already built, um, and and in turn they can do more collection development and more member outreach. Um, if if we're managing that collection for them and they're a Marrakesh ratifying country, we can offer any of their books to any other Marrakesh country. So, um, so the 35 countries now and the call it 70 countries in the fall um, will have access to every single book that Canada has produced under their copyright exception because they are a Marrakesh ratifying country. Wow. Um, we're, we're in conversations with a number of other national libraries around the world that would really allow Bookshare to offer millions of books to millions of people around the world on a direct-to-consumer service. Um, you know, as we build up that technology and and work with those partners on a on a on a deeper and deeper basis, um, that I think that's going to become the solution of choice um, because again, that person in Botswana doesn't have to go in the library; they can log in, they right. can say, "Oh, here's a book from Canada that I'd like to read," and click download, and and that book will be available to them in five minutes. And if it's not available in our country, they just won't see it. So, so there's no mystery whether it's a, whether it's right. oh, do I have to go get rights clearance? Do I, right? If it's available for them, they'll see it, and there will be literally somewhere between eight hundred thousand and a million books available. It's a lot of reading. Yeah, that could take that, some time. That, that'd <laughs> keep somebody busy for a while. <laughs> If we, you know what, if we can put Bookshare out of work, then I know I'll have something to do. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, was, I, said, I, don't, I don't think you guys are going to have any lack of work um, because even, you know, even with all this set up, I mean, you're absolutely right. There needs to be an infrastructure in place that makes that's all right. of this yeah. content manageable. That's right. And it's, and it's really a global accessible library. Right where we are, we already distribute books in you know eighty plus countries. The the facilities there around the world, we already do it direct to the consumer. Um, we already validate proof of disability so that we know that members are have a have a bona fide disability. So we work with partners around the world. Um, it's just continuing to build a collection and offering it to those Marrakesh ratifying countries. And as more and more countries ratify, we just change the permission distribution permissions on those books. So, you know, if um, Antarctica comes online, then we'll add Antarctica to all the Marrakesh um, ratified, ratified books or books available to Marrakesh ratified countries. You know, I, I touched on the certification program, and it's really a global program. I, I mentioned um, our, our partners in, you know, Dedicon in the Netherlands, um, RNIB, the Royal National Institute for Blind People in the UK, and Vision Australia. And, and of course, we're working with the DAISY Consortium, um, which is 
which is a global organization for accessible books. Um, that, that certification program, I think, is really key to this whole process because it, it gives purchasers um, an independent third-party certification that says this book is accessible. And so as we work with publishers around the world, we help them um, modify their production line to ensure that every book coming off that production line has these accessibility features built in. And again, I, I mentioned Born Accessible, but but now there is a is a network of organizations um, that that are looking at these books to make sure that they have these accessibility features built in, and and kind of putting a seal of approval on it. And so when um, when a school district, and I don't care where it is in the world, when a school district wants to buy a new math book, um, you know, Euclid's geometry hasn't changed that much since the time of, oh, Euclid. And so it's, it's just the way that it gets presented to you. And if we can get it presented in an accessible format, you know what, that's great for people with disabilities. I would submit that's great for everybody because if it has an audio component to it and there's a, you know, a student that wants to study for an exam by going back through the book and reading and listening to the book at the same time, does it matter if that student has a, has a print disability or not? They, they get the benefit of two different neural pathways of getting that information. Right. So so these these born accessible books are really, yep, the, the people with disabilities are the catalyst for it. But those books are better for everybody. Um, and I and I think that um, people will start to recognize that. And um, and I think we'll see that trend accelerate. Uh, and, and that's a good thing. Now, if anybody who is interested in the work that Benetech does or Bookshare itself, uh, where is the best place to go to find out more information? Yeah. Um, so, uh, of course, the website is benetech.org, B-E-N-E-T-E-C-H dot O-R-G. Um, and, and that provides information on... Um, you know, Benetech, the company, on the different programs that we run. We have a, a human rights program. We have a labs initiative looking for the kind of the next big thing where there's a couple of cool projects coming out of labs. Uh, and, of course, Bookshare and uh, Born Accessible and the Global Certified Accessible Program. All that information can be accessed through the Benetech website. If you're interested in Bookshare, you can go to bookshare.org. Um, and that'll tell you all about Bookshare qualifications. Um, you can, you don't have to be a member to search the collection. You can go through and search for, you know, any one of those 620,000 titles that are available. Uh, again, depending on where you are, that number varies. Um, so, so all of the, all of the Bookshare information is, is there at Bookshare.org. Um, and, you know, and Benetech's information, including the, the information on Born Accessible and on certification is at uh, Benetech.org. 
Brad, thanks so much for taking some time out and, and uh, talking to us about it, explaining the Marrakesh Treaty. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that uh, have seen it mentioned but didn't really uh, understand what it actually was. So that was really helpful to sort of dig down and, and uh, simplify it for us. No, thank you very much for having me on. This is it's always a pleasure um, and and you know, love to connect again when there's more updates. Yeah, sure, for sure. You know, maybe we can talk again in the fall when uh, when uh, all the other countries uh, ratify and we can revisit it. I think I think that's great timing. Excellent. Awesome. Okay, guys, thanks so much. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. okay thank take you. care, guys. Take care. Bye. 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 Oh, a million books. They'll keep you busy in the bathroom for a while. <laughs> okay, where's Marrakesh? Um, isn't Marrakesh in India, I want to say? Or maybe it's... Mer- it's been bugging me ever since we started talking about this. I Where the like heck Morocco? is Marrakesh? Uh-huh. Okay. Where is Marrakesh? Well... Okay, Google, that <laughs> no, was... Nobody asked you. And it's in, Mor- c- it's in Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I was right. Damn. Look at that. I don't know where Kelowna is, but I know where American <laughs> is. Apparently. You said India, didn't you? Uh, I said India first, and I was like, Morocco? But then oh. I had to think, is Morocco a city or a country? I did. So I was not nearly as smart as I may country. have come off. Um. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I have to admit that I didn't, I didn't, I kind of understood what it was, but uh, that was really helpful to to sort of get a real simplified version of, of what it is oh let's because copyright hear. law is so complicated they really are and we're so limited in in the books we can get you know there's so many different formats right there's daisy there's epub there's e-text there's books from audible there's the braille books there's kindle books you know if we have kind of one place to go to get as many books as possible from around the world. I think it just makes things a lot more accessible to everybody. Yep. But you know what really surprised me? And this made me kind of slap my forehead thinking, why didn't anybody think of this? But, but you know, accessibility standards for digital, digital um, books. I mean, really, this is something that we should have been on top of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't even be that hard if you think about it. Because every single book that's published, I'm sure starts its life as a digital file. Yep. Same as PDFs. We've been fighting for accessible PDFs for well, but years PDF as well. Is, PDF is a bit different, but I mean, when you think about it, you think about a transcript or you think about a, a book. I mean, it starts out as a digital file. Mm-hmm. It gets, I'm sure it gets submitted to be printed as a digital file. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it should be an, like so easy to just take that digital file and make it accessible. But Well, it depends on the type of book, right? You know, if you've got a bunch of diagrams and stuff in there that well, have to be described, that's a whole other process. True. But, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. We're not we're not just talking about recreational reading, which would yeah, be fairly straightforward. You know, calculus and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, textbooks, textbooks and things. would be a lot more complicated. Sure, but graphs and maps and. So yeah, I mean, so I think they've got they've got a bit of an uphill battle too with with you know accessibility, in that sense because look at you know we're still we're still fighting the war online and that war has been you know mm-hmm. has been being fought for 15 years yeah. or if not more yeah so uh but yeah i mean hopefully we get to a point where just you know ex- books just come out and they're accessible right out of the gate we have a global network of of books and we have a an infrastructure a portal that people can just plug plug the name of the book they're looking for and boom it's it's there if there it's you go. Uh, 50 shades of gray 
But I think we're, I think uh, even optimistically, as optimistic as I am, I think we're, I think we're a ways away from that. I think that's a bit of a pipe dream for sure, because there's a lot of infrastructure that would need to be built and, and everything. And this is really the first phase. The first phase is getting this stuff ratified and getting the countries to to be on board with it, I I imagine. Well, and then the battle with the publishers, right? And then, and then comes the battle. Well, and I don't know. I don't know that battle is the right word because I, you know, I don't think the publishers are necessarily going to fight. I think that, well, I guess you know, maybe they it just, goes back to the author. You know, does the author want their book to be accessible? Well, I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think the author cares one way or the other. Well, uh-huh. I think I think the the publishers are ultimately going to have to catch up because they, they, they will. They, you know, e- even now there are um, school districts, for example, who will only accept accessible books. Right. They they won't buy books from a publisher that is not accessible. So, hmm. you know, as long as there's that, that economic argument for the publishers to do that, then, you know, they're going to do it. And it's, you know, and to be honest, it, it, it's, and I don't know, I may be, I may be talking to the side of my mouth with this, but no, I would, front. I, I would from here. think that it's a small, <laughs> that I would think that it's a small change for the publishers to have to make, to be like, okay, we have to, we just have to make sure that the digital file, when it's submitted, it's submitted with these formatting rules, you know, like, like Brad was talking about headers and, you know, and all that. And that can't be that big of a change to implement. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of extra work at the beginning, but really it's not going to have a, I wouldn't think it would have a huge impact uh, on, on day-to-day operations at a publisher. No, it's like you've said before, going back to web design, you know, if you do it from the beginning, you know, it's easier yeah. to do it from the start than it is to go back in and retrofit a billion pages. Absolutely, right? you're, so. you're absolutely right. So it's it's really it's just a you know it's just an awareness um, that needs to be built, and and you know I think that more and more like every other company out there, um, you know they have to realize the business case for for creating accessible content, and it's coming. You know the conversation's getting bigger, and yep. as more and more of the of the big players in any particular field realize this and and start to implement accessibility everybody else sort of follows suit so but it takes time or litigation or litigation (laughs) litigation is good too hey ryan rob where can people find us as usual atbanter.com they can also drop us an email if they so desire atbanterpodcast at gmail.com hey steve yes sir um where the heck else can people find us? I feel like that's not enough. That's not enough places of that of our presence online. Well, why don't why don't we get on Facebook? I hear that's a thing. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's be like at underscore banter at Facebook or something. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. That, no. no. Oh wait, that's no. our Twitter. That's our Twitter. Handle. That's our Twitter. Oh, okay. Well then, <laughs> let's let's do that on Twitter, and we'll do something else on Facebook. We'll just do it all one word, maybe on Facebook. Like just at banter one word. There that's you right. Go. Yeah, that'll mm. work. Okay. Oh, well, right. let's do that. Let's then. do it. Okay. And uh, while we're at it, how about some uh, Instagramming? Okay. Yep. Uh, f- but whatever yeah look us up on instagram too we're there we're there uh hey what about uh chaos technical services what what about them uh i hear that's a thing too well yeah yeah absolutely it is tell us a little bit about uh, where people could find chaos technical services and why they would want to contact him well you know there's this guy named rick he's got this company called chaos technical services and he's got this website chaos technical services.com 
and uh, he can fix stuff, all kinds of stuff, CCTVs, braille things, talking things, things with screens, things without screens. Pretty much anything. Except your dog. Or your cat. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for us guys. All right, get out. Sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We got to go because Ryan's kicking us out. Uh, We will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.